Hello, Facebook land, Instagram land. Hi, mom cavers and moms of the internet. I'm Jen from Mom Cave, and I'm here with one of my online buddies and someone you probably <laughs> know and love, Mary Catherine Backstrom from hey, Mom Bells. Hey. hey. Great to see you. You have some big news to share with everybody about yeah. something. I'm going to show a picture. <gasps> Look at you. That is so fancy. I can do graphics. <laughs> <laughs> this is Mary Catherine's new book. And it, oh, no, that's your old book. Ha. That's I've your old book, so, which is awesome. This it. is the new book. See, you thought, you saying I was fancy with the graphics, but I'm taking a while. It's okay. That's okay. I like it. Do this. The fact that you can even do graphics is really okay. just blowing my mind. Mom, <laughs> moms on Facebook, you know, the fact that we're even able to go live. Okay. This is Mary Catherine's big news, Mary Catherine. What is this? Holy Hot Mess, Finding God in the Details of This Weird and Wonderful Life um, is the book that was just released, oh my gosh, literally seven days ago. So we are wow. in still technically the first week of release of this book. And I am so proud of this project. It's really like a passion, a passion project for me. Um, the messaging behind it is deeply personal. While I do love my first book, Mom Babble, which is a parenting book, um, that was more of like a collection of essays. It was very bright and happy. Um, so is Holy Hot Mess, but there is more of my heart and my spirituality in this book. Right, great. So um, hot mess mama is like a term that we all use all the yes. time and that we can all identify with. And you, but you paired it with holy. Yes. And, and what do you mean by holy? So I, as a person of faith, I was raised um, as a Christian. Um, I always got the idea that in order to be a good Christian or a good person of faith that you really had to have your crap together. Right. Um, it, and then I real, and then after 20 years of living, I kind of came to the conclusion that I was never going to have my crap together. And I had a crisis of faith. Like, what does this mean for me? Um, I come to church and these people look like their lives are just cleaner, purer, better. They're just better at adulting than right. I am. Um, so where did that put me as a person of faith? Well, um, after a lot of soul searching and discovery, what I have found is it puts me right where I'm supposed to be. Um, there would be no need for grace if not for mess. And so the fact that I am a hot mess does not exclude God from the picture. If anything, I am a holy hot mess. I am a work in project, a work in process. And I love the idea that even though we're living these really messy lives, there's a holy undercurrent at play. There's purpose woven through all of the mess. And so that's kind of the general idea of the book and where my heart was inspired um, for writing it. Um, I think one of my favorite overall themes of the book is very apropos to what I do on Mom Cave and why I started Mom Cave. And it's that um, in order to truly make friends, and, and have real relationships and yes. you know, get each other and help each other. You have to share your mess. Yes, it's so important. I mean, you can't have true community if you're not vulnerable. And I think a big thing that our generation, um, the people who are so connected on social media, it started out as such a good thing, right? It was just right. another way to connect. Um, but then what happened is there was this curated imaging of like, my best self going forward right. on social media. My best 
Yeah. And we bought into it, right? We Mm -hmm. bought into it. We bought into the idea that other people's lives looked like their news feeds. And then the community it created just wasn't true. It wasn't, it wasn't authentic. And so what I'm trying to do is turn that around. It's the same thing you're doing. It's saying, Hey, let's actually talk about the mess. Let's bring our brokenness to the table because that's where true community is born. Definitely. Definitely. You know, when when they brought in filters, that really screwed us all up. It did in the, in the worst possible way. I mean, I loved filters for a hot minute. And then when I took a picture without one, I was like, ooh. It's, it's like fun. you don't realize that it sneaks up. It sneaks up on your brain. It changes mm-hmm. what you expect to see. Um, and I think that Facebook in general has done that for us. Like we... Our news feeds are just highlight reels of the best possible things happening in life, which I don't fault people for. I mean, when I'm curled up in the fetal position in bed, having a bipolar manic depressive episode, my first thought isn't, you know what I should do? Snap a picture and share this with my friends. Like we don't think to do that. Um, But in true community, those are dialogues that should happen. Right. And so there are the people that do that on social media. And then, you know, like that's a cry for help or something's going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's different than what I'm talking about, like texting your best friend or your husband. Yes. Like, I'm yes. losing my shit today. Yes. Know? Yes. Being, being with somebody. Um, I'm exactly. so glad that you brought up mental illness because that was on my list of things to talk yeah. about. I made a list. I'm so sorry. Good. Let's do this. I made the list five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> but uh, everybody who's watching, we love comments. We want this to be interactive. And somebody who leaves the best comment will win an actual signed copy of Holy Hot Mess. Actual signed copy from my hand. Totally, (laughs) by your own hand. Um, Okay, so mental health is a huge thing that it has all these stigmas attached. Yes. And um, I've dealt with some issues myself, and I know you Mm -hmm. have following you on social media. And one of the stigmas I find the hardest is medication like taking medication yes. for mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you be, been able to internally overcome that? And if you have, can you tell me how to? Yes. <laughs> I, um, well, I just talk about it like it's the weather. And I know that that is shocking to some people. Um, like, for instance, I think when I first started discussing mental illness, um, as I had bipolar 2, OCD, PTSD, I have a lot of different Ds, I call them. Um, all across the board. When I started talking about them and the treatments that I was, um, you know, using in order to get um, better, it embarrassed my family. I was like, "Why are y'all? In- I don't understand why y'all are embarrassed." See, when I had cancer, um, they were totally fine with me sharing that. And right. for me, as somebody who's been through so much physical pain, I've donated my kidney. I've, you know, given birth. I've had um, a mastectomy. Um, the most real pain I've ever experienced was through mental illness. And so I wondered why it was not okay to talk about that. Well, what I found was the more I talked about it, the more people came back and said, hey, thank you. I thought I was alone. Um, I felt like I had to hide this. And so it was an immediate affirmation that it was the right thing to do. Um, That doesn't always happen on the Internet. right? Sometimes you get some mixed signals. But um, the, the community that was formed out of those conversations was just so much louder and stronger than the critics. And so I was fine with it. I'm just not embarrassed anymore because right. if I broke my leg, I would tell y'all about it. And so I see no right. difference at all. You would tell us, you would get treatment. You would. Yeah. I would get empathy. Had. My friends would be worried. They'd ask about me. It right. should not be different with mental illness. Definitely not. Um, you named all of these things that you have gone through. And as a person that has followed you on social media, it's been like, 
you've had you've had a time of it dude, the last few yeah. years. And I mean, everyone has had struggles and, and with COVID and everything yeah. that happened. And uh, it's just sometimes it feels like it's one thing after another. It does kind of build that way, doesn't it? I mean, I feel like sometimes you get in a place in life where like you're getting chipped away at. It just feels mm -hmm. like it's it's incessant, like it never stops. Um, and I talk about that a little bit in the book, um, how we don't have this like heavenly perspective of why these things are happening to mm -hmm. us um, because we're just feeling the pain in the moment. It's impossible to understand, but there are, there are examples in the world of these long-term chipping away that ends up for good. Um, for instance, solid stone is just sand and water with a million years going by. And the sand is just feeling this relentless tide. It's just over and over and over again. It's kind of just getting formed and impacted. And it has to just feel like constant pressure. I'm not saying the sand has feelings, but it's a good example. Right? <laughs> I mean, we're not much different. There is a constant chipping away of who we are. Um, the world is a broken place. Uh, based on my faith, that's something that's very biblical, is that we're going to experience suffering here. But that doesn't have to be the end of the story. If we can find hope in the message that, hey, um, I'm kind of a, just a construction site, that there's always work happening in my life. Um, when we realize that there's purpose in that, it gives us a lot of grace for ourselves, for the mess, and it gives us hope. Right. So I think it's important to like not just acknowledge that, hey, the world can be hard, and that this can be exhausting, but that also there's purpose in it. That we can also see that, like while we're not, while we're not feeling it now, we're like, oh yeah, don't tell me in the middle of my breast cancer diagnosis that this is something that God can use. I don't want to hear that. But several years down the road, when I'm able to help somebody else walk through that, I see that I can turn, I can make pain purposeful. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it makes it better because you still have the pain. For instance, yes. The yes. I said the best example. There's there's beauty at the end of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, anybody who's watching, if you want to win a signed copy, comment. 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 Tell us what your your most hot mess moment was because we love to hear. Oh that. gosh, we, you know the good news is there's so many that are documented now thanks to Facebook Live. I know. <laughs> um, I share so many. Um, in the last couple of weeks, I think I will just give you one. Um, you know, there's so many in the book. Because hot mess did not just happen in adulthood. I've just, I'm a walking disaster person, but I think that's also relatable to most people. Uh, yeah. I had a moment a couple of weeks ago in a hotel where I was, I was leaving my kids. My kids were staying with a babysitter. My husband was across the hall and I went to go tuck my kids in, but I had my contacts out. And so I was like, ah, I'll just walk across the hall. But as I was walking across the hall, blind as a bat because I'm legally blind without my contacts. This these group of ladies walked down the hall and I just looked. I said, oh, my gosh, a puppy. I was so excited. She was holding her upside down cowboy hat with a puppy in it. So I asked her if I could pet it. Yeah. I was like, can I, can I pet your puppy? And she goes, girl, that's my wig. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, you know, wigs can feel nice. They have good texture. Well, it was a hat that had a built in wig, which I've mm -hmm. never seen before. But oh. so flipped upside down. It just looked like a hat with a dog in it. I was. But then again, I probably shouldn't talk to people when I cannot see them. That was not that's, a good life that's choice. Hilarious. You know, I, I used to wear contacts too, and having bad vision actually can cause you a lot of embarrassing moments. Yes. yes. That's definitely happened. I have the, the great the great thing about having an embarrassing moment with bad vision is you can't see the shame on them. You cannot see that's their right. faces like you can't read the micro expressions. Yeah, like, well, I'm just gonna go back into my blurry world and disappear now. <laughs> And the blurry world is like a filter for the wrinkles and stuff. So it's yes, kind of it is. Wow, right, <laughs> right. 
And um, you talk a lot about your husband and your marriage, which I think is the most adorable thing. <laughs> and um, I wanted, I had a picture to show for that, but of course, uh oh, I have a cute picture. I'll find it eventually. Anyhow, um, how how is it? How do you deal with being a holy hot mess when it's a direct impact on someone yeah. else? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing about mess is it doesn't it doesn't just impact you. Um, it impacts everyone. But the good news is we all have it, right? And so. I, I talk about grace chips sometimes. I don't think I talk about them in this book, but it's a concept that I've come to kind of fall in love with. I feel like grace chips are something that you exchange back and forth in a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. In an unhealthy relationship, you give somebody grace, you give them grace, you give them grace, and like it never comes back to you. Right. And that's when it's time to leave. But in my husband and mine's marriage, um, those are things we exchange back and forth. You know, I have a bad day where I forget something important and it causes our family stress. He gives me a grace chip. He has a bad day where work has made him grouchy and he comes in and snaps at the kids and I give him a grace chip. And as long as those things continue to get passed back and forth, our marriage is fine. I mean, in fact, it's like a safe place for us mm -hmm. to exist because we don't have to be perfect. But um, yeah, I mean, we're all messes. I think that's the good thing is once we all realize that, and again, our relationships become more healthy and authentic. And um, as long as the grace chips keep coming back to you, you're good. Right. As long <laughs> as it's a reciprocal thing. And I think exactly. for all your relationships, God, yeah. There are some people who just um, seem to exude grace chips and leave yes. them in their wake. And yes, don't. And then there's some of us that collect them like, oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Um, somebody who comments on this video and tells us their most hot mess moment will get Ooh. a signed copy. of. I love that. Oh, Let's hear your hot mess moments. So many hot mess moments. Um, OK, so you're a person of faith and this book is yes. about your faith. But can, do you think that people that aren't people of faith or are of different faiths yeah. enjoy the book? I think so. It really depends. Um, one of my favorite reviews is from an agnostic mom. And she was like, hey, I, you know, she told she said, um, this is the least annoying Christian I've ever read. And I thought that was great. That's a wonderful yes. compliment. It's the greatest compliment ever. I want to be the least annoying anything. So. <laughs> I know. That's how I felt about right. it, too. But she actually went on to say that she was like, you know, I actually picked up a lot of meaning in her in her messages. And I was able to kind of like, you know, read her thoughts on her faith, but also not feel like I was required to apply them to my life. I want people to grab the book and feel like they can take what, what they can. You know, um, there's a lot of messages in there that are, um, for me, everything secular is inextricably tied to my spirituality. So I feel like the whole book is faith-based, but apparently from the eyes of people who feel, uh, who believe differently from me, there's a lot there um, that they can take away without the Christian messaging. And so I hope anybody can feel comfortable reading it. As a person of faith, I'm very inclusive anyways. Yes. Um, so there's not a lot of like exclusionary language and there's none in the book. We should be right. good. Right. And whenever people get like weird about religion, which I don't, I don't talk about religion very much on mom's day. It's like one of our stay away from things. Fair enough. Funny spot, but we're doing it today. Um, <laughs> I'm okay with it. Well, yeah. Whenever people get like a little prickly about yeah. it, I don't know. My feeling is whether whatever your religion is it is is the concepts you're talking about in the book are about just like the universe in general and spirituality in general and maybe right. that's a god to you or maybe that's karma or whatever it is you know and and that's 
it's all the same thing. So just because someone has one specific um, interpretation yeah, no. of that thing doesn't mean you have to. Right. So one. different faiths obviously have different ideas of how we achieve. Um, like you know, we have end games in mind, and um, mine is through Christ and through grace. Um, but the important thing for me is that um, I want my table to always have open seats for any divergent perspectives. Um, I think it's important that we continue to learn from each other and love one another. I mean, the world is not going to become a monolith. Uh, we're going to always have different faiths. We're going to have non-believing people. And the sooner that we can all kind of learn to have space for one another, the better the world's going to be. And so I kind of hope that like my book like is in that gentle space that invites others to come to the table. Um, and then if they leave with different ideas, then I'm okay with that. You know, I love them. They can love me. We can have love for one another. That's important. We're going to have to all figure that out if the world's going to improve. Definitely. We have to all be able to get together and to yeah, it's so crazy. We got to come together right now. <laughs> no, wait, I'm not going to sing with you because you can sing and I sound like a dying cat. It's one of my great failings in life. I oh. love musical theater and I love to sing. Um, but I've taken lessons. It hasn't done it for you, huh? Yeah. You know how they say opposites attract? I'm married yeah. to a musician with perfect pitch. Oh, sad. I know. And so he's he's always giving me the side eye like, yeah. Mm -hmm. really so same in my yeah. marriage. My husband kind of seems like a Muppet. He just can't. <laughs> it's fine. But he makes a joyful noise is what we say. I'm like, hey, yeah. whatever your heart feels like it needs to get out, get it out. Babe. You're yeah. good. Yeah. I, I found my picture of your adorable family. Oh, thank oh, you. You're so sweet. And um, I don't know, maybe we can just quickly chat about it because it, it's so interesting and topical right now, but yeah. a doctor. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't believe it the day I saw on Facebook that you had COVID and he had COVID and you had your two mm. children at home. And of yeah. course you're calling a sitter or anything. Nope. Oh my God. I was praying for you because that's my great yeah. Tell us, how <sighs> did you deal with two parents with COVID and kids? Um, I've been through a lot in my life and I would say that may have been the hardest week of my life. Um, well, yeah, because we got, we contracted COVID at the very beginning of the pandemic when very little was known. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there wasn't a treatment, there were no, um, there was no standard of care in, in, in place. And so basically the rules were you avoid everybody, you avoid contact with anybody and then if you stop breathing, go to the hospital. Yeah. And that's all the guidance we had Very is if you can't good. breathe, go to the hospital. And hope there's um, room. And hope there's room. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we had to parent from our beds. Um, we were in separate rooms. Ian was across the house and I was in a different room. And our kids at the time were, I think, four and six. Wow. Um, so for a week, they just basically ate out of the pantry. I could not get out of bed. Um, we had care packages delivered to our door. My son learned to drag them inside and open them up. And I'm a mama's girl. I'm not even going to lie to you. I have never had to go through any challenging experience without her by my side. Right. Um, had that not been COVID, she would have been there with me every step of the way. But because it was, because she was high risk and she could contract, we were left to our own devices. And so, yeah, I mean, unless you've ever had to just parent from bed a four and six year old for a week at a time. I just basically asked them to go to sleep and hope they did. I asked them to eat and hope they did. Um, they had to wipe their own butts. I mean, it was oh, bad. Yeah, at the end <laughs> you know? of the week, I bet you had quite a bath situation going It was on. so bad. But then I also was hospitalized. Um, I got extremely ill. And so 
when I ended up critically ill, my husband got himself out of bed. He's like, all right, you know, this is so, um, you know, we kind of a little bit, we're very pandemic weary because we got hit with it hard at the very beginning. And so I'm like, we are, we mask, we did the vaccine, we're doing all the things and hoping that this thing resolves in the next however long. Yeah. I, I, I do all the things. Um, you said you ended up in the hospital and that was awful. I, I have a funny story about the hospital. Which oh is boy. <laughs> this was pre COVID, but I went to the ER once because I was, I had been really sick. I was having trouble breathing. I, I started passing out. Like it was bad. I go to the ER and they determined that, you know, I have, I have pneumonia and um, the, the, the doctor that was treating me was obviously young, unmarried with no children. So oh. he comes in to, to like break the news to me and I keep passing out with no oxygen and people are running around hooking me up. Right. He's like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I know you're not going to want to hear this. I know you're not going to want to do this, but you're going to be in the hospital for a long time because you oh, need no. recover. Yeah. I was like, dude, you don't have any kids, do you? Because if I go back <laughs> there, I'm not getting better. It's not going to happen. That's true. I was right. like so relieved. Yeah, to have a few days in the hospital, and because I, I had someone to take care of my kids, it wasn't COVID. And well, I know it, there's this dark humor. Young yeah. people with young children get it. At, totally. I think if any mom tells you that she hasn't ever thought, I'd like to be just sick enough to be hospitalized yeah. and not have to parent, but not so sick that it's serious. Right. But like just sick enough. Just, right. You just have to lay in the bed. People yeah. bring you the food. You watch the TV. Yeah. You go to sleep if you want. Yeah. Not a bad. Thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a vacation. Bad. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Only motherhood makes hospital a vacation. All right. I'm going to show um, MK's book one more time. Thank and you. Can you tell people where they can get this book? Yes. Um, so Holy Hot Mess, Finding God in the Details of This Weird and Wonderful Life. You can grab it pretty much anywhere books are sold. I know it's at Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. Several independent booksellers carry the book. You can call them and ask to order it for you. It's also obviously on Amazon, Kindle, Audible. I'm the narrator for the audiobook. I think it's a lot okay, of fun. Cool. So yeah, you can um, I just grab it anywhere you can. Frankly, Google holy hot mess. It will show up and you'll be good to go. Oh wow. Like you're you're coming up yeah. with Let's hope so. I hope All so. Right. Yes. And um somebody who comments on this video, which will be up, you can tell us your biggest hot mess story. And let's yeah, we're gonna we'll we're pick gonna, one. We're gonna laugh, we're gonna pick one, and you're gonna get a book signed by I MK. love it. I love All it. Right. So great to see you. I Thank hope you the book so much does wonderfully. Yeah. Thank you. And I hope you get a re- vacation that isn't the hospital. Sometimes. Right. Yeah. A non-hospital vacation for all of us. <laughs> all right. Take care. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Okay.